Thanks for tuning in to the Banner Church Podcast, recorded live in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. For more information, visit banner.church today. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everyone. What an exciting kickoff to the Christmas season this morning here at Banner Church, right? Awesome. I love it. Just uh, every couple moments, man, it's humid in here. We get one of these little Christmas balls, just falls off and reminds us that it's Christmas. It's just that little reminder that Christmas is here <laughs> every day. But uh, it's, man, an exciting morning. I love what the Lord is, is doing already. And I want to encourage you as we enter in talking about hope this morning. I just want to encourage you and invite you to be a part of what God has in store for you this morning. Because I really believe it's, it's something good. Uh, this whole series that we're jumping into is called The Gift of Hope. Somebody say hope this morning. Hope. Hope, hope is such a beautiful thing. And uh, we're not only talking about receiving hope, us individually, but that we can give hope to others, that we can share that hope of Jesus Christ with others. And isn't it a blessing to bring hope to other people? Yeah. Isn't it a blessing to not only just, just give gifts or temporary things, but to share the hope that changes lives and families and, and futures and, man, generations of people. And so we've been praying and believing together as a church for something we've called 4 for 40, which is just simply seeking the Holy Spirit to lead us to four people in the 40 days leading up to Christmas that we can share the hope of Jesus Christ. And that might be as something as simple as just inviting them to, to a service here at Banner Church, uh, or that, that might be you know, even as deep as you sharing the love of Jesus Christ and sharing the hope and leading them uh, to make a commitment to Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So uh, we've just been really encouraged by that. And I know sometimes when we talk about that, when we talk about sharing what God's doing here or sharing what God's doing in your life, it can sound a little overwhelming. It can sound a little crazy. Like that's just for the specific people, those crazies who are all about talking about Jesus. And you might not feel like God's gifted you in that way, but we've been bringing people up all month because because I really believe that God's gifted every person and he's gifted you and he's put people in your life that you can bless with the truth of God. And so we've just been sharing some awesome testimonies of what God's doing. So this morning, I want you to help me inviting up another person to share a testimony and that's the incredible Marissa. Would you welcome her up this morning? In her cool sweater. It was a pretty, there was a strong sweater game in the first service. It's still pretty strong. Everyone looks pretty sharp, but this is a pretty sharp sweater. Well, would you just share, um, you know, who you are, but also uh, how did you find Banner Church? How'd you end up here? I'm going to hold the microphone right this time. Okay. <laughs> I'm Marissa. Um, I found Banner about three years ago. Um, I'm an esthetician, and when I was in school, I was giving a facial to somebody. It was a Saturday, and I just kind of asked her what her weekend plans were, and she told me she was going to church the next day. So I asked her about her church and the way that she described Banner and the people at Banner. Um, it just sounded like such a cool place, and so I was like, can I come tomorrow? And uh, the very next day, I came to Banner, and it's been home for me ever since. So you've been here for like three years, right? What, what has God done in your life and, and um, as you've been here, your experience here? You know, when I really think about the last three years um, and how much my life has changed, it is a serious testament to how incredible God is. And he, he gifted me this church and gifted me these people as family and um, it's just been such a blessing to be a part of this church. And um, yeah. Come on. So I know that, oops, sorry, here, I'll do that. I know you're working that slider, but thank you. <laughs> Uh, I know for you personally, like you've invited people and I've loved seeing like you share that with others and, and I've got to meet some awesome people that you've brought. But I was just curious, what would your encouragement be to somebody as we're talking about, you know, the four for 40, as you would encourage someone to, to invite her or to share that with them? I kind of take the same way that I was invited and just share how much I love this church and I love the people. and. You know, it's easy to just kind of share your experience. Sometimes that's easier than just being like, hey, come to church with me. Um, but to just, you know, share what God's doing in your life. And you never know where people are at. And for me, like, I was really searching for something. And it was just a simple, easy conversation with somebody. And she was like, my church is cool. And I was like, 
I, I love it, let's do it. <laughs> and you know, the, the worst, worst thing they can say is no, and best case scenario, you get to share this amazing place with them and they get to you know, experience the hope and freedom in, in a new life with, with Jesus. That's awesome. Well, uh, you're going to lead us today in our Advent. What, what is the, what's the theme this week? Do you remember what it is? Preparation. Awesome. Would you, uh, I'll give you the mic and, no, you're great. And uh, would you go lead us in the Advent this morning? Awesome. Uh, this morning I'm uh, lighting the candle of preparation and I'll be reading from Isaiah 40. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all the people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Jesus, as we prepare to welcome you again this Christmas, speak your words into our hearts and lives that by our preparation for your birth, we might proclaim what still needs to be made ready if our world is to become more like your kingdom. Soften our hearts, calm our fears, and give us the courage to proclaim your coming in our broken world. Amen. Amen. Good job. Man, it's, it's like the Christmas season, guys. Everyone feeling that? Yeah. Right? It's Christmassy. Everyone looks Christmassy today. It, it looks like the Christmas I remember as a child in Washington outside. Uh, the other day, we went in and, and picked out a Christmas tree, a live Christmas tree. You have to wait this long. This is even a bit early here, but because it was raining, I figured the moisture level, right, the humidity was enough that the tree would survive all the way to Christmas. And that really is a dangerous game you play here uh, if your live tree will make it. It's really a will they won't they scenario uh, but we went with my daughter and she's like can you buy a tree in the rain I was like yep I did for 30 years um, well 20 something years and we got a fake tree right mom we got a fake tree and uh, you know just a little less of the spirit of Christmas than a fake tree but it's beautiful uh, come on be honest fake tree people you don't know you come on be real it's convenient it's clean but come on be honest it's my environmentally trees come from the environment. <laughs> They're from the earth, guys. <laughs> We're just like have this like fight about Christmas trees. It's like I don't even remember what the message about, but forget that guy and his dumb Christmas tree hating. Right? Some of you are like, I guarantee you someone on the YouTube link has clicked away. They're like, enough of this. We have our tree and it is flocked, and all those particles fall in the carpet, but we love it and we pretend that we love it every year, right? But we went and got a real Christmas tree because we like spending money on things that are only gonna be around for three weeks and uh, and then die and then end up in the alley. So we, uh, we went and spent way too much money, more money than a human being should spend on a plant that has been cut down. We spent that. Uh, and, and, but it felt like Christmas. It was, it was raining. It was fun. We were, we were prepared for Christmas. And uh, my, 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 my whole family just loves Christmas, loves decorating. I don't know about you guys, but let's do, in fact, let's do a little poll here. How many of you guys uh, started decorating before Thanksgiving. You were already decorating. Look at you heathens right now. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I would decorate like in July for Christmas. I, I'm, with, I'm with the early decorators. Like as soon as it's not 100 degrees, the Christmas decor goes up. Like in my mind, if it's not 100, it's Christmas. And I know some of you, that hurts your heart. You're like, you're stealing from Thanksgiving. And I'm sorry. I am. I admit it. It's a more fun holiday. I just overall, it's more fun. There's no such thing as Thanksgiving lights, right? It's way more fun uh, to do. How many of you, the day after uh, Chris, the day after Thanksgiving, you started decorating? You were like ready to go. You're ready to go. Yeah. How many of you, like you have not decorated and you're like, I don't know if I'll get around to it. You're just being honest. There's grace in the house of the Lord. I love that. I love that, Ben. 
I, man, I've seen some of your guys' neighborhoods. They're amazing. I saw the Calhoun's neighborhood. It is like Christmas explosion. I, if you do not have something to do, I don't know what the hours are for your neighborhood, so that's weird that I'm speaking for where you live. <laughs> but Agritopia is just popping off with these lights. It was I saw the video, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, but I, I love that. I love decorating for Christmas. There's so much anticipation uh, for Christmas. Honestly, it's festive. It's fun. Uh, my kids, kids are just anticipation factories, right? They, they are just waiting and hoping. That is all they do. They produce anticipation of what's to come. You're like, you've been waiting for this for six months. They're like, we don't care. What's next, right? They're so excited. And there's a sense of possibility, right? It's like, what, what could happen on Christmas? We have a fireplace now, so Henry, who still believes in Santa, thinks he's going to come down the chimney. He's very concerned about the fire to Santa ratio that exists in our fireplace. And every day he asks me, he says, Papa, when, when is Christmas? He goes, is tomorrow Christmas? Every day, every day since his birthday in June, is tomorrow Christmas? Is tomorrow Christmas? Because he lives with a sense of possibility. He lives with a sense of what is possible. And I love that about Christmas, that Christmas is a season of hope. It's a season of possibility. I love that word possibility because I really believe that possibility is the soil where hope grows. Possibility is the place where hope begins to grow. Possibility gives us hope. We expect something. We expect something to happen. I was reading a study uh, about vacations Recently, And I don't know how many of you guys love to go on vacations and love to plan vacations. But I was reading a study about vacations, and uh, they were saying that the act of planning and preparing and getting ready for a vacation actually releases dopamine in your brain. Like thinking about this activity, thinking about the vacation or that you're going to be on the beach, you're going to be on a cruise, or maybe you're going to go to the mountains or whatever it is that you love to do. It actually releases dopamine in your brain. So when they did the study... They found, they found that people who were planning vacations were actually, they haven't even gone on it yet, but they're just in anticipation. There's this possibility of like rest or fun or whatever. They, they had an increased sense of mental well-being. And I, I don't know if you've ever gone on vacation, but you've been there, right? It's like the, the week leading up to vacation is always the week that you're like, man, I need a vacation, right? And when you're working that week, you're like, yeah, this week is awful, but I'm going to be on a beach in like four days, right? Right? I remember when we were preparing to go to Mexico, I was like, man, this week is terrible, but I'm going to eat the cheapest tacos and be on the beach for like four days, so it's all worth it. Bring it on, Satan. I'll take whatever you have this week, because next week, I'm on the Lord's beach, right? I'm just, I'm going to be there worshiping, right? Just praising God for his goodness. There's a sense of that, uh, where the, the study found that people were actually excited, the problem is that sometimes the vacation was not as good as the buildup, right? Yeah. Uh, a, a couple years back, my, my brother and sister-in-law, who are huge Disney fans, were like, hey, do you want to come to Disney? And I'm not really a big Disney fan, but I will not turn down a free trip to anywhere, right? And so I was like, yeah, I would love to come. Because in my brain, I was like, oh, the closer I get to the beach, the better, Right, I have a better chance of going to the beach if I'm at Disney than I do right now. And so I was like, if we get closer, it's a proximity issue, right? And so uh, we went to Disney, and 90% of the time, because I, I couldn't have cared less what was happening, 90% of the time, because my kids weren't there, I was just watching adults like fight with their kids to have a good time at Disney, right? They're, they're like, Come on, Breda Laxton. Like, we spent all this money to you to be here at Disney, and you're going to be happy. You, come on. You know what I'm talking about. We're like, no, you will go hug Mickey, and we will get that picture, and you will put the ears on. We spent $35 on the ears and $45 on the embroidery. You will put the ears on, and we will take a picture for Instagram to tell all of our friends that we were happy, and then you could cry all you want because Mama's not happy, right? I just was just watching like, wow right? Because sometimes the vacation doesn't live up to the expectation, right? Uh, we, my wife and I, for our honeymoon, we went to Mexico. I was like, Mexico, yes, honeymoon, yes. It was like, it was, it was like, this is awesome. I'm so pumped. I hadn't been to anywhere nice in Mexico. I'd only ever been to Mission Trip Mexico, and that looks different. So I was like, man, rich people Mexico sounds awesome. And uh, someone gave us, they gifted us the trip, my parents, and, and we were like making nothing. So we're like, yeah, we're going to be living in luxury. We get there. First day, someone slides a little piece of paper under our door, and it's like hurricane warning. I was like, oh, 
This wasn't in the, the brochure, right? We had to evacuate Mexico, and we got on a flight, and we left, and then we went to L.A., which is kind of like Mexico, but a little different, <laughs> right? So sometimes it's a letdown, right? You all this anticipation, all this possibility doesn't live up to it. There's actually something called the Paris Syndrome. Anyone ever heard of Paris Syndrome? Paris syndrome is a, specifically affects Japanese tourists because in Japan, Paris is built up as this prime uh, space of romance and luxury. It's like perfect. And what happens is a diagnosable condition. This is the real thing, is that people from Japan go to Paris and they recognize, wow, this isn't like the brochure at all. Uh, people aren't as friendly as they were in the movies. It's not as clean as they thought. And so it will literally, no joke, induce madness. They'll find Japanese people just wandering the streets of Paris, like maniacally laughing to themselves. Not making this up. This is a real thing. This is a real thing. You're like, you're making it up. I promise you. Google it. Google it. And the internet will, you know, never lie to you, of course. Uh, but it's a real thing. Why? Because there's a letdown, right? There's all this buildup for possibility, and then they go, and they're like, oh, there's rats here. <laughs> the same thing, I think, is true at Christmas, right? Have you ever felt that Christmas letdown, right? Like, December 27th rolls around, and, like, the weather's bad, but the decorations are down, and now, like, you, don't, you have less money, and the toys that you bought for the kids that they were in great anticipation, they don't care about anymore. They're like, what's next? When's my birthday? Right? I, it's a diagnosable condition that, that there is a letdown, a depression that occurs after Christmas. There's a seasonal issue. Now, here we have sun, so it's not as hard. But where I grew up, man, the past couple days after Christmas would be so depressing. It's like, it still like, looks worse than this outside, but all the lights are gone. And we just have that kind of snow. It's not really snow. It's just like slush that God forgot. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Some of you live, live there. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you from California have no idea that there's ugly places in the world. <laughs> but that happens. There's a letdown. And I think that's the sad part of Christmas, especially as the season seems to get longer. It's just more buildup, more buildup, more expectation, more possibility, so that when it's over... People are getting depressed. There's a study showing that people are getting depressed when Christmas is over. As the season lengthens, the depression at the end of the season is greater. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't really want the hope and joy and possibility of Christmas to end. I don't want to go into the new year hoping that my resolutions somehow make me feel some sense of possibility. I want to go into the new year with possibility, with joy, with hope, believing for something greater. So the question is, how do we do that? How do we keep that possibility into the next season? I think the answer is that we focus our hearts, our hearts on the source of true hope. That we get that foundation of possibility. Here's the foundation. You ready? The God of the impossible. See, Christmas is time for hope. It is a season of hope because this is the season where possibility was born. It's the birth of possibility that never ends. It's the birth of possibility for you and I. Somebody this morning say, possibility. possibility. Somebody look at your neighbor that you love and say, it's possible. It's possible. So then look at your other neighbor and say, I still love you. I didn't forget you, but it's possible. It's possible. I didn't forget you. I still love you, but I had to pick a direction. I went that way with it. Don't, don't take it personally. I know we got to drive home together later. I don't know why I went to someone I wasn't related to, but I'm just trying to build community, right? Create friendship in the church, right? As you came in today, maybe you don't feel like it's possible. You said it, but you didn't believe it. You did it because you felt like everybody else was doing it. But maybe you actually feel stuck. Maybe you're like, hey, I, this is how it is for me. This is how it is in my marriage. This is how it is in my health. This is how it is in my family. This is how it is in my job. I, I mean, I'm, I'm in the motions. I'm not trying to do anything wrong. I just, I, I'm in survival mode. Like once I had a sense of hope, once I had a sense of possibility, but man, it has faded. I'm just, I'm going through the motions. I want to share with you this morning the gift of hope. And some of you, I believe that God's going to help you get that hope back. For some of you, I believe that God's going to give you that hope for the very first time that you would find hope and healing in Jesus Christ. Did you know this morning that there is hope for every future and healing for every past in Jesus Christ? Let's hear this morning. 
And I want to read to you from Luke chapter 1, verse 26. If you brought your Bible, uh, go ahead and jump there to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Uh, the words are also going to be on the screen, so we brought the Bible for you. But I want to pray, and let's jump into reading the Word of God together. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your Word. We thank you that there's hope in you, and I pray as we read your Word, I pray you'd speak to us and renew our hearts. And you would strengthen us this morning and put a hope and a possibility in our spirit, in your name. Amen. Amen? Amen. All right, let's look at the Word of God together. Uh, we're going to start in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. I love this story. Uh, this, is, this is the way to kick off Christmas right here. Here it is. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. It says, he was sent to a virgin, betrothed to a man who's named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. It says, and he, Gabriel the angel, came to her, Mary, and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. It says, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Let's just stop there for a second and say, yes, amen, right? Again, I know we read the Bible sometimes. We're like, oh, that's neat. The Bible is so neat. But just like imagine if an angel appeared to you. You're just like in your house. You're, you're trying to pick out your outfit for church. You're trying to get ready to decide like, okay, what am I going to do? Right? You know, how, how, how Christmassy do I look on week one of Christmas? Do I go 20% Christmas? Do I go 80%? How Christmassy do I want to go? Do I want to go full snowman shirt? I mean, this looks good. I mean, Dave looks good today. Right? You're preparing. You're getting ready. Right? And then all of a sudden, a shining glory appears in your room and is like, hey, God has something for you. Right? That would be stressful. Right? Just imagine, young single woman. She's got plans, expectations, things in her life. And all of a sudden, he says, greetings, oh, favored one. And she's like, I'm sorry, what? Right? That would be shocking. So here's what happens. It says in verse 30, it says, The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, which is what angels always say. Why? Because the people are immediately afraid when angels show up. Why? Because a supernatural being has appeared before you. And if any of you say, Oh, I'd be totally chill with that, you are lying because we would all be freaked out. I mean, it would be amazing, but scary, right? Like amazing. And it'd be, it would be awful, but in the awe-inspiring sense. It would be full of awe, not terrible. And it says, Mary, you found favor with God. And behold, this is the news he gives her, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Okay, stop there for a second. What is the angel saying here? The angel is saying, you will give birth to the Messiah. That's, that's what he's saying. He's saying, you know the Messiah that you've been waiting for? You're going to give birth to that Messiah. The one who's going to come to redeem not only the people of Israel, but the earth? You're going to give birth to that Messiah. That would be a wild thing to hear. Hey, just so you know, God's going to impregnate you with the Messiah. Like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Right? Isn't it funny how often we treat things like, yes, of course, everyone would be totally naturally cool with that. That would be women, right? Would you not be, be like, I'm sorry, excuse me? Yep. Right? Yep. God's going to knock you up with the Savior. <laughs> what? Like, it is Tuesday afternoon. I do not have time for this. Right? That would be mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Incredible, scary, right? I mean, it just goes to show how incredible Mary is. And how she responds to this. Because I got to tell you, I mean, I'm not a woman, but I would be shocked. Really shocked if he told me. But right, double shocked. Right? But it's a really beautiful thing that God is doing here. It's, it's powerful. He's saying the Messiah, right, is going to come through your lineage. He says you're going to conceive in your womb and bear the Son of God. And look at her response. Verse 34. Mary said to the angel... How will this be since I am a virgin? I think that's a totally realistic response. Yeah. Right? God comes to her via an angel, says, you're going to give birth to the Messiah. And Mary says, how? How? Right? I'm not a biologist, but I'm, 
I'm pretty confident I'm lacking one of the fundamental requirements to conceiving a child, which is sex. She's, like, I, and she's not being disobedient. She's not denying God. She's just like, wait, what? Yeah. Which I think is a very reasonable response. Right? She's like, uh, <clears throat> God, when I look at the natural, I don't really see how that's possible. Yeah. Have you ever looked at your life and thought, God, I don't really see how that's possible? Right? God, he... Here are some pretty clear reasons in the natural why I don't think that that's going to work. I don't think that that's going to function, God. It's like, here are some pretty strong reasons. When I uh, w was going to school, before I got into ministry, I was going to school for architecture. And when you go to school for architecture, you, you get to design structures. And then the teaching assistant, the professor's assistant, which is always a unique creature, the, the professor's assistant. If you're in college or have gone to college, you know what I'm talking about. This person who's just fueled by, I don't know, just violence and hate. I don't know what they are, but they're always in a bad mood. And, uh, and they would come into the architecture program, and they would give you a list, and they would say, here's every reason why the thing you designed is going to fail. And I'd be like, well, I'm not an engineering student. This is basically an art degree, right? And they would say, no, here's every reason why this is going here's every reason why this is gonna collapse, why it's gonna fail, why it's gonna fall apart. And that was somehow an encouraging form of education. It didn't work for me, but maybe for others it was a blessing. Uh, it did not inspire me maybe the way that they intended to. Uh, but I, I think often I, we make those lists in our own lives. As God begins to speak to us, what we say is, here's a list of every reason this is gonna fail. Here's a list of every reason this is going to fall apart. God, have you seen what I am uh, working with here? Right? God, here is every reason why my family cannot be restored. Here's every reason why there will not be unity in my family. God, here's every reason why it is not possible for my health. Look, look what I have to work with. God, here's every reason why it is not possible. And I want you to know if you're in that space, God is not putting shame on you here today. He's just come to speak hope into you. If you're in that space of just saying, God, I, look, look, at, look at what, it, what is in my life. I, I understand that there's possibility somewhere, but it's not here. I just want you to know that God is compassionate. His gaze toward you is full of grace and mercy today. And Mary says the same thing. How is it possible? And the angel answers her. Look at verse 35. You still with me? Amen? amen. Verse 35, it says this. The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And people that try to diminish you out the Holy Spirit. What's the point? He's, he's been here from the beginning. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Mary says, how is it possible? The angel says, the Holy Spirit. He says, verse 36, And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age will also conceive a son. And this is the sixth month with with her who was called barren. It says, your relative is also getting the miracle. I've already done it. I've already set the tone. And then verse 37. If you have your Bible, I just encourage you to underline this. Now, if you have the NIV, it's going to take this more thought for thought. But if you have the ESV, which is going to take it more word for word, here's the word for word of what he's saying. And I think the word for word is important here because it's pointing back to a promise that God made way back with Abraham. In verse 37, it says, For nothing will be impossible with God. Amen. Hear the words of the Lord again this morning. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, because she's amazing, Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. Mary says, Let it be according to your word. I love that God uses real people. Isn't that comforting? Yes. Right? That these, these are not characters, right, in some story. Like Mary wasn't just like invented for this moment. She was living a life with expectations, right? She, she woke up. She had good days, bad days. She got sick. She got discouraged, right? She had hopes. She had dreams, right? All of a sudden, an angel encounters her and tells her like one of the most life-changing things that's ever been told, maybe to a human being, I don't know, Ever, that God was going to be incarnate in flesh in her womb. God is going to be like inside of you, right? I mean, she was told it's something profound. She was a real person. She was a real person who looked at her life and said, What? 
God, I don't know. Right? Just like you and I, right? I think we've all been married at some point. We've all looked at our lives and struggled to see in that moment the possibility. Maybe you're looking at your life, you're here today, and we sang that, that awesome song, Graves in the Gardens, amazing song. But maybe you're here today and you're like, as we sing about healing, you're like, I, I just cannot see that possibility. Not with what I'm working with, not with what I'm facing. It, it, I, I just, I can't see that possibility. Maybe you're here today and God has called you to greater purpose. Maybe he's begun to give you dreams and visions and an anointing to change the world for the kingdom. But you look at your schedule and you look at your workload and you're like, it's just not possible. Or you look at your past. You look at maybe, maybe your knowledge, what you feel like you know, what you feel like you're capable of, your giftings, your time. And you're like, it's just not possible. And I want you to hear me today because I think it's so important that you hear me in the church. And if you fell asleep, wake up. And if you clicked away, click back in this moment. Because when God is with you, nothing is impossible. Sure, someone needs to hear today. When God is with you, nothing is impossible. Mary says, how will it be? And what does he say? He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. God will send his spirit. And we know from the word of God, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Which means when the spirit comes upon you, when the spirit is with you, when God is with you, there's healing, there's restoration, there's possibility. How many of you guys were at the, uh, the turkey bowl, the men's turkey bowl? Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. That was like a slow, you're still sore, like hand raise. I saw some people, yeah, just laid out for it, Ben. Ben was just quarterbacking over here, just making Russell Wilson look bad. He's doing that on his own. Uh, <laughs> but uh, th this dude was out here just slinging him. I saw Carter make some dives. Right? I just want to just imagine if we can. Maybe you're not a, you're not a football player. Uh, but just imagine if you can that you were on a team and you were lined up and you were looking. And to the left to your right was maybe like your friend list. And as you, as you look down the row, uh, you were like, okay, okay, yeah, okay. And as you looked across the line, you were like, wow, that is a team of bruisers. Like the kind of person that you're not sure if they played college football or not, but they're built for it. You know what I'm talking about, right? And as you're looking across the line, it's not that you're like upset about your friends. You're like, God, I love my brothers. I love my friends. Thank you, Lord, for who they are. Uh, but we're going to get creamed, right? We are going to get absolutely bulldozed, right? And so you're looking, you're like, all right, well, here it goes. We're going to give it our best shot, right? We're probably going to get destroyed here. Uh, and just imagine in that moment that up behind you walks to join your team, Tom Brady. Not even young Tom Brady. I'm talking about now Tom Brady, like skinny Tom Brady. I'm talking about now Tom Brady, right? Like just imagine, right? Tom Brady walks, even if you don't know football, you're like, I know that guy sounds famous, right? Yeah. Tom Brady walks up. What, it would change, right? Now, you've not changed. Your opposition hasn't changed. You probably still can't play defense. But, and you might still not even know anything about football. But Tom Brady's there. And Tom Brady's good, right? All of a sudden, what would you have? You'd have a sense of possibility, right? You'd have a sense of possibility. Like, I'm not any better, right? I've not changed, right? My opposition hasn't changed. But this guy is so good that when he shows up, there's a possibility yeah. that there's going to be victory, right? Can I tell you, that's how it is with the Lord. God is so good that when he shows up in a situation, you might not have changed, your opposition might not have changed, but everything changes because God is present, because God is unchanging, because God is good. And when he shows up, his goodness shows up. When God shows up in your life, his goodness shows up in your life. When God shows up in your situation, his goodness shows up in your situation. And that is what is so good about this season and about Jesus Christ is that this is the season where we celebrate that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew writes in his gospel, Matthew 1, 22, said all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. And the prophet said, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Who knows what Emmanuel means? God with us. 
Jesus is Emmanuel. Jesus is in his name. Emmanuel is his descriptive title. Jesus is who he is. Emmanuel is what he does. He is God with us. He came to be with us, not afar from us, but to abide with us. And he invites us to abide in him. The reason that great possibility begins to stir up in your life is not because the opposition you're facing changes, but because Jesus came to be with you. That the God of the impossible, are you with me today? The God of the impossible wants to abide in you and you in him. That the God of love, for whom scripture tells us nothing can separate us, came to stand, to be, to sit, to, to live, to dwell with you. See, our hope begins as we recognize that the one who's with us and is all-powerful, all-present, all-knowing, and all-loving and has an undefeated track record has come to be with you. Did you know that? That God has an undefeated track record? He's never been defeated. And that means what God promises, he will fulfill. He's undefeated. Yep. And I know it'd be great to have Tom Brady show up to that game, but Tom Brady's lost some games. Yep. Imagine someone showing up who's never been defeated. Never lost? Right. I feel like something's possible, yep. right? right? No matter who he's played with, no matter who he's coached with, no matter who he's gone with, no matter, no matter who that person best to the worst in the eyes of the world, he's always undefeated. You know that's God. That God has taken the lowest person has been undefeated and the greatest person in the world's eyes has been undefeated. He's taken the Solomons, the wealthiest, wisest, taken to the top undefeated. He's taken the people hiding in a wine press from the enemy because they're so afraid to take up the call of God on their life. And he's taken them and guess what they've been? Undefeated through him. See, what God promises, he'll fulfill. Yeah. The angel says to Mary, listen, your relative Elizabeth, Elizabeth, she's already conceived. Right? He's like, look, I've already, I've already given you an example. I've literally already done this supernaturally. You think it happened in the natural like I just made the pieces work? No, it happened supernaturally. Right. I did this. I prepared the way. Yeah. Scripture tells us that Elizabeth was a barren woman who was older in years. The way to read that and the way that it's meant to be understood is that there was no possibility. When they say she was barren and old, what they were saying was there was no or very, very, very low possibility. And it was a big deal then just like it's a big deal now. And her husband, Zechariah, was a priest and an angel visits him and says, you will have a son and he's going to be a powerful prophet like Elijah. This is going to be John the Baptist in scripture. This is going to be a powerful prophet preparing the way for the Lord. And Zechariah looks at the raw material of his life as all of us have probably done and said, how can this be? I've looked at the raw material, and I'm telling you, God, I'm not trying to put you down. I'm not trying to say it's not possible. I'm just saying, like, I've, I've, I've done a list. I've done a pros and cons. I've done, a, I've done an inventory, and I'm telling you, I don't have the stuff that it takes to make this happen. In Luke 1.19, here's what the angel says to him. Don't you love when God speaks to angels? Isn't that incredible? I know they're like little babies in the Christmas play, but they're just mighty and powerful in Scripture. They're awesome and terrifying and incredible and just like, oh, like so cool. Here's what it says to him. I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. I love that. Listen, man. I'm not just making this up. I'm bringing you what God said. I stand in the presence of God, and I'm bringing you what he has said. I'm just the mouthpiece. I'm, I, God said this. This is good news from God. And if God promises it, it will happen. Are you with me this morning? And it says in Luke 1, it says, after these days, his wife, Elizabeth, conceived. And for five months, she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. 
Elizabeth recognizes God did this. It wasn't possible by me. It wasn't impossible by my power or what I had. But because God promised it, it became possible by his power and by his authority. See, God loves to do these kind of miracles. God loves to defy what is possible in the eyes of the world or better yet, impossible in the eyes of the world. In fact, the lineage of Christ all the way back with Abraham begins with this kind of miracle. Did you know that? It began with this kind of miracle. God promised Abraham. He says, Abraham, listen. Father Abraham. You guys remember that? Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons had fought. They had motions, right? Okay. Some of you didn't go to kids' church. That's all right. You can still lead your family. Lead your family to kids' church. We can just burn those songs into their tiny brains, right? Our, our kids' ministry. We sing different songs. They're a little more modern. Do we sing Father Abraham? No, she's shaking her head. You grew up Catholic. You don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> it's a different kind of father. Same father, Father God, same father. Same father, the Lord. We're all one under him. Don't attack me on the internet after this. That was just for Delaney. <laughs> but God tells Father Abraham, Abraham, visits and promises him a child because there was a problem. He said, you're going to be a great nation. And uh, the problem was that his wife was barren and they were old, which are not combinations for starting a really, really big family. Barrenness and oldness, usually not a good combo. So they're like, I don't know about that. So an angel visits. I love this. I love this. An angel visits and says, listen, Abraham, listen, Sarah, wife, you are going to have a baby, and that is going to begin this great, uh, this great generation, this great nation that's going to come through you. And Sarah laughs. <laughs> Could you imagine an angel appearing to you? An angel of God is like, like comes in, is like, listen, here is the promise from God, and you like laugh in his face. I mean, she was behind a curtain, but she laughed. She laughed about what he said. Like, but I think we've been there. Right? We've all been in some, and maybe sometime in our life when we were so hopeless that the possibility of hope and good news is just laughable, right? Like, you've got to be kidding me. There's absolutely, that is so ridiculous, right? That's where we've been. You're like, there's just no way. But I love what the angel says to the Lord. It says, the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? And look at verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? So at the appointed time, I'll return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. That's the same language as Mary. Nothing is impossible for God. Is anything too hard for God? I love this. God's word never returns void. If he said it, he will do it. And this is why we hope. Because of the possibility. With God, it's possible. Nothing in the world can remove his possibility. When he has promised it, we can hope because through him, nothing is impossible. Right. See, our hope begins with the revelation that he's with us, but it flourishes in this unshakable truth that with God, anything is possible. That's right. That's right. Mary says, right? The angel's there. Mary says, how can this be? Because with God, nothing's impossible. Yeah. Elizabeth, how is this possible? How can this be? Because with God, anything is possible. Sarah, right? How, how is it? This is crazy. This is ridiculous. How is that possible? Because with God, anything is possible. Right. Look at your life. Look at your health. Look at your relationships. Look at your family. And you might say, how can this be? How can there be possibility here? Doesn't God know what I'm working with here? Doesn't he see the pieces of this? I've seen the Lego instruction manual for my family. And when you build it up, it just doesn't quite all go together. And it builds some kind of shapeless, weird thing that's always falling apart. Doesn't he know what pieces I have right now? How is joy in my life possible? How is health possible? How is restoration possible? How is freedom from addiction possible? Because with God, anything is possible. See, God speaks into barren places with possibility. 
God brings miracles out of emptiness. God brings life out of death. God loves to move in barren lives because they're at a place where they have lost hope, where possibility has faded, where people no longer expect life, where people no longer expect great things. And God loves to speak life into dead places and call them out like Lazarus in your life that he calls to you and says, come out, come step into possibility with me and see what is possible. What part of your life is barren? Is it your health? Is it your family? Is it your identity? Maybe you're here today and you're like, I'm just going through the motions. I, I honestly have no sense of possibility. I'm just like, just go through it. Can I just tell you, God wants to do the impossible in your life. And he wants to stir up possibility and hope in your heart that you would not live in a sense of darkness shame, a sense of discouragement or bitterness, but that you would be renewed by the hope of Jesus Christ. Did you know that he came not to shame you, not to tell you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but he came to lift you up. And today he came to speak into your heart, to stir you up, to renew you because he loves you. You are his child. There is nothing more precious in the entire world than you to him. Did you know that today? There is nothing more important than in the entire world. Your parents, you might love your kids, but it doesn't even touch how much God loves you, how precious you are to him. He didn't come to shame you, to say, listen, you've been in a tough time. You need to suck it up, and you just need to believe, and you just need to figure it out. He came to say, no, I came to be with you. I came to be for you, and I came to speak possibility into the places that feel barren in your life. Not because your situation has changed in this moment. Not because you've necessarily changed, but because the God who can change the impossible, the God who can do the impossible is here and wants to reveal the depths and riches of his love to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you say, Pastor, how do we respond to that? I want possibility. That sounds awesome. I've been discouraged. I've been frustrated. I haven't believed in my family for like 25 years. I haven't believed in myself. I haven't believed for healing since that diagnosis. I haven't believed in a while. It's not that I don't want to. I'm just like, I don't know if I have any more belief left in me. I don't know if I have any more possibility left in me. How do I respond to this? How do I respond to, to, to the possibility God wants to speak in? Let me give you a response. I want to keep it simple. We stand on God's word. Now, that's simple, but not easy, <laughs> right? Funny how that works. We stand on God's word. Let me explain what that means. How often, when we don't see a way out, when we don't see possibility, do we go to worry, right? Now, don't raise your hand. I mean, there is grace in the house of the Lord, so you could if you wanted to. But, uh, you know, if you're a worrier in here, like my warriors, right, you know who you are, right? Just like in your spirit. When, when you don't see possibility, you're like, I'm going to figure this out. And if not, I'm going to die worrying about it, right? It's like if I could just build up enough anxiety in my spirit, then the problem will solve itself, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Just indicting myself here this morning, right? But that's the space we live in often. Man, if I just start planning, right, where are my planners at? Like I could plan possibility, but we can't, though, can we? Because what happens at the end of our planning, when I try to figure out how it could be possible, I just end up being more overwhelmed. I haven't abided. I haven't rested. I've just worn myself down. See, we take hope in the possibility through him, not in our strength, not in our effort, not in our ideas. It begins in him. Possibility is the soil where hope grows. That possibility comes from him, and it comes from abiding in him and his truth. In verse 38, Mary says, let it be according to your word. Now, the word of God is so good, the, the, the scripture, the word of God is so good. But that's not what Mary's saying here because she's not holding the Bible in her hand, so to speak. What she's talking about as it pertains to the word of God is the truth of the gospel that's being proclaimed into her life. Are you with me? Now, the word of God is so good. The word of God is so good. The Bible is so good. But what he's talking about here, what she's saying here, is the word, which is the truth of the gospel that's being proclaimed in her life. The word that God is speaking. What is the word, the truth of the gospel? It's Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us in the beginning was the word. He is the word. He is the truth. He is the life. 
Why does that matter? Because how we begin to hope, how we begin to see possibility is not by extensive ritual. It's not by doing this or that. It is just simply by abiding in Christ, by leaning into him and by trusting in him. It's by saying, God, I don't necessarily see the raw material, but I choose to trust in you. Are you with me? That's a difference. Because it's not about what I solve and earn and produce. It's about who I trust in. Band, you can come up. See, as we lean into Christ, and I hope you're hearing me today because it's so important to generate possibility and hope in our life. As we lean into Christ, as we trust in him, we say yes and amen according to his promise and his power. And so as we do that, we begin to find hope. See, the possibility is in him. The possibility is by him, and the possibility glorifies him. I had a friend this week uh, reach out on Facebook. Have you ever had that when you have a friend from like 20 plus years reach out on Facebook and you're like, this is going to be interesting, right? I had this friend reach out on Facebook and uh, we were good friends back in uh, elementary school, junior high, and he was a really sweet kid, but he was kind of a danger to himself and others uh, in like the nicest way I could possibly say that. And as I look back on my life, I just realized my parents must have been praying extensively. Uh, and maybe they just don't know half the things we did. And, you know, I'm 35 now, so I'm never going to tell you. Um, but, you know, as I, as I reflected uh, on this time, I just remember how wild this wild this kid was. Uh, fun, but wild, right? Some of you were this kid. You know what I'm talking about, right? Just absolutely, absolutely wild. And he messaged me on Facebook, and he says, and he's like, hey, man, how's it going? And, you know, just like throwing me. He's like, yeah, we should go ride bikes around the cul-de-sac and play basketball. It's like, because that's what you did 20 years ago. You played outside. And, uh, and so I was like, oh, yeah, man, how's it going? And, you know, he just told telling me about his life. He's like, man, I, like, I moved to Missouri, and I went to Bible college. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm serving the Lord. He's like, and he's just like, God is so good. God is so amazing that he, like, took somebody like me, and, like, I'm serving, I'm serving him and God is incredible and he literally says to me in the message he goes he's like uh, aren't you surprised that I am serving God and I was like yes <laughs> no I said no no I'm not surprised I'm excited but I'm not surprised because I know God and I know with God anything's possible so, no, I'm not surprised. I, I always knew it was possible for your life. I always knew it was possible for your family. I always knew it was possible for your future because I know the God of the impossible. And so the people would have looked at you and said, man, that is impossible. I know that God from the beginning looked at him and said, it's possible. It's possible. There's possibility here because I'm here. There's possibility because someone's praying over his life. I never lost hope because God, because it's always possible with God. Church, let me just ask you this morning, when was the last time you looked at your life and said and asked the question, what is possible through God? When was the last time you allowed yourself to hope again and say, God, what is possible? I believe that this morning God is stirring up possibility in your heart. That anything is possible that there is possibility in your family. Not because of what the world sees, not even because of what you've seen recently, but because of what God sees, there is possibility in your family so you can hope again. I believe this morning someone is stirring up that there is, or that God is stirring up in someone that there is possibility in your health. Not because of the diagnosis, but because the God who sees you and knows you and has not left you or forsaken you. I believe this morning that God is stirring up and wants to stir up in somebody this morning possibility in your finances. Not because of the bills that are coming in, not because of the check, not because of the raise, not because of the job opportunity, but because he is present with you and he wants to do a miracle in your life because God is the God of the impossible. I believe this morning that somebody in here, God wants to stir up possibility for your future. 
You've been going through the motions. You've been living with anxiety. You've been struggling. You've been fighting against the future. You're worried about what comes next. You're unsure. But this morning, God wants to stir up by the power of the Holy Spirit possibility in your heart, not because of what you see. You say, God, I don't understand. How can this be? And he says, because I am with you. I am for you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Allow God to stir up. In fact, Holy Spirit, right now, just begin to stir up. Show me in this prayer even right now. Holy Spirit, begin to stir up possibility. God, of those who have lost hope, right now, Holy Spirit, begin to stir it up. You might be saying here today, I haven't had hope in a long time. I've been going through the motions. And I'm here to tell you that hope is here, that anything is possible through the God of the impossible. And God is not here to put you down. God's not here to tell you to suck it up. God's not here to tell you to deal with it. God's here to lift you up. To lift you up and say, it's possible I'm with you. Church, it's time to invite that possibility into your life, into your family, into your health, into your future, into your relationships, into your marriage. It's time to invite that possibility for the first time or maybe again to say, Anything's anything is possible because of you, God, and I trust in you. I just want you even right now, look at your life and think what could be possible with God. And then I want you to stamp it with an amen. Say, yes, Jesus, I trust in you. I trust in you. You're with me. And because you're with me, my hope is in you. I can hope again or I can hope for the first time. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray over you. When we close today, I'm going to invite you to take a step forward. I'm telling you this now to prepare you because I believe that oftentimes there's an urging that's happening in our spirit to come forward and be prayed for, but we feel this resistance in, in the supernatural. There's a spiritual battle that's happening right now in your life. But I believe that God wants to break that. And I believe that happens in a moment where we step out and say, I trust in you, God. And maybe that's you for your life today. Or maybe you're standing in the gap today for somebody who needs hope and needs possibility. But in just a moment, I'm going to invite you forward. So I just pray even right now, God, prepare our hearts for that moment. But I want you to do this first thing. Bow your head, close your eyes with me. You and Jesus. You've heard me talk about hope here today, but maybe you're here today and you've never experienced the hope and healing of Jesus Christ. And I just want to tell you, whatever reason you're thinking that writes off that you deserve this hope and healing, can I just tell you right now, God is removing that. He's looking at you through from the cross, through time, right now into your life, and he's saying, I love you, my precious child. I long to embrace you and to bring hope for your future and healing for your past. So if you're here this morning and you say, Jesus... I need you as my Lord and Savior. I need the hope and healing that comes from you. You've never received that from Jesus Christ, and you're saying, I need that today. Jesus, would you be my Lord and Savior and bring me hope? Would you just lift your hand right now? I want to pray for you and put it down. Say, Jesus, bring me hope right now. Let me pray over your life this morning. Jesus, I thank you. That for every person who calls on your name, there is hope for the future and healing for their past. That nothing is greater than you. And in fact, right now, I pray as they say, Jesus, I give you my heart. I lay it at your feet. I give you my life. I pray you would do a miracle in their life right now. And I pray that you would give them a revelation of the depths and riches of your great love for their life right now. I pray you would flood them with the joy of the Lord upon their life as they make that commitment to say, Jesus, I need you as my Lord and Savior, and we praise you and glorify you in Jesus' name. Okay, now's, your, now's the moment. Now's the moment. Are you ready? Now's the moment. If you had hope and lost it, maybe you never had it, maybe that possibility is faded, or maybe you know somebody who is struggling to hope, and you want to stand in the gap for them this morning. I love that, that we would stand in the gap for somebody. Today, you're just praying, God, stir up that hope. If you're willing to say, I trust you, I just want to invite you right now. Would you just come forward? I want to pray for you. If you're saying, God, would you stir up hope in my life today? Come forward right now. I want to pray for you. And yeah, just come right here. We want to pray for you. Come forward. God, stir up hope in my life. Or maybe you need to stand in the gap. Maybe you got a family member who has lost the sense of possibility, and you're just praying, God, I need you to stir that Maybe you've lost hope 
for your family and you're saying God I need you to stir up the possibility there's restoration maybe it's for health you're like you know what God I've come to the altar before and I'm struggling I need you to just stir that up in me that it's by the spirit I need to be strengthened by the spirit in fact prayer team you can just come around even right now and begin to pray I want to pray over your life, and the band's going to declare the words of this song over us. But I want to pray for you right now. So if you're here and you're praying, God, would you stir up hope in my life for the people I'm standing? Would you just lift your arms in a receiving posture this morning? And I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit moves upon you. Holy Spirit, I pray right now. Right now, we pray a stirring by the by the power that comes from you. In fact, if you're in this room, would you just reach your arms out and begin to intercede over these people this morning? Or if you're here and you need God to move, just place it over your heart right now and just begin to intercede over your own life. But Holy Spirit, we pray an overflow right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would stir up possibility for restoration in the name of Jesus, that nothing is beyond you, that you are the God that rose from the dead and raises things from the dead, so there is nothing beyond you. So I pray you would stir up hope like never before. God, I thank you that no one is beyond you. No one has escaped you. You have never left them or forsaken them. In fact, you're here to say just how much you love them, how much you cherish them, and to place in their heart a hope for the future and a healing from the past, that God, you're brave away the things that have held back the things that have held down and you are lifting up right now by the power of the Holy Spirit just take a moment let's intercede together thank you for listening to the banner church podcast we hope this message was impactful for you check the episode notes to visit our website follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast we'll see you again next week